welcome to So Wait Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and a bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm joined with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you? Good. It's our inaugural episode as a couple. It is? So this is like really exciting for us. So we have been doing this for a little over a year now in terms of having this good and bad movie night. Right. It started, well, I guess we had our first movie pairings a little bit before the pandemic, but then it really ramped up during the pandemic when we decided we're going to do this connection between movies. Exactly. So we, you know, like we started out with like some series. Um, We had done like Harry Potter and then... (laughs) Whenever I was naive enough to think the pandemic was going to last like four weeks, um, I suggested that we watch all the MCU movies in chronological order of the storyline instead of like the way they were released. Which was a great decision. I mean, that one lasted us quite a bit of time throughout the pandemic. And actually, a lot of my friends asked me about that uh, when I mentioned that we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a number of my friends uh, in kind of some of my group chats were like, did you enjoy watching it in chronological order? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like you catch things that you definitely didn't see the first time that you watch out of order. Yeah, it's it's weird how much I didn't understand about the MCU the first time I was watching the movies, which I didn't realize until we were rewatching it. Um, but yeah, and so then like we were kind of running out of series like that that could drag on, and then we love watching a bad movie. It's like one of our favorite things. So that's when we got the idea to start pairing good and bad movies together. And we had talked for a while back when we were going to the theater like every single week that we might do this thing with bad movies. At that point in time, it was really just because I had this idea that I always wanted to sit down and watch really bad movies and make fun of them. Uh, And then we got the better idea. I think you're actually the one that recommended, well, we should do good movies, too, to make it a little bit more bearable so that it's not just bad movies. (laughs) Because we started out with movie 43, and that was just by itself, right? But movie 43 was so abysmally bad, at least for you. I kind of exactly. (laughs) But at least for you, it's so bad that you had to have something to pair it with to make it more bearable. Yeah. And I don't know. It became like a fun tradition. We had a friend join in who would come sometimes and do it with us. And so... It was like that really bright light that honestly, I don't know if I would had mentally survived the pandemic without having that to look forward to every week. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely how I felt when we started with Harry Potter too, when we were doing the Harry Potter series. I think that's what really kicked me into this idea that I want to watch movies every single week. Right. Because that was right before the MCU stuff. So right. I was already in that mentality before right. we got to the MCU. We're also in like a, a very different situation where it was the first time where new movies weren't coming out every week, you know? So that's when we start revisiting things that we've already seen. And um, that's really how this is because usually when we pair our movies are definitely movies we've already seen. Yeah, that's true because at that point in time, I mean, we talk about it all the time in private, but the way back I think (laughs) is like the movie that came out, right? So it was Trolls World Tour. They did Mm -hmm. the like video on demand of Trolls World Tour. Yeah, well, it did kill it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the number one grossing movie of 2020. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember how much. It was over $100 million or something like that. (laughs) So I mean, huge, huge box office for Trolls. The way back, I don't know what that grossed, but I mean, pretty bad looking movie, but not that bad on Rotten. Rotten actually says that it's like an 80-something, 80 86 or something like that. Yeah. But. So what we do is we first watch our good movie. We look up drinking rules online. Hopefully we can find some. Um, not always. Sometimes we have to get creative, which can be especially hard if we haven't seen the movie in a long time. And then we talk about our favorite moments. What rules did we think were the best of what we found and what would we add? And then we want to rate the movie 0 out of 100 based on 
how good of a movie we think it is. Right. And something I will throw in right now is that over our trial and error of kind of doing movie night, figuring out how we like to do our pairings, how we like to talk about them and everything, what we found was a special little gem called Screen It. And (laughs) for the times that you can't find a drinking rule uh, or a list of drinking rules, which has happened multiple times, especially with my movies, because I choose things that are a little bit more obscure sometimes. When you choose something that you just can't find drinking rules for, look it up on Screen It. There's a chance Screen It has it. Screen It, for those of you who haven't heard of this site, is a family review site. So it's specifically tailored for like parents who want to see if a movie is appropriate for their children. And what we learned is that Screen It has some hilarious reviews. Because it's not just reviews. They do review it, but they actually kind of go like box by box of like, does it have bad language? And then what bad language does it have? Right. Uh, like bad behaviors like that your children could pick up on. Right. Uh, which I think when we watched uh, Like Mike, uh, one of the bad behaviors was um, it wasn't it was a bad attitude. Right. That's what it was. <laughs> he had a bad attitude. Uh, and in that movie, he plays an orphan. <laughs> and, <laughs> but he has a bad attitude about being an orphan, I guess. There's also one movie, I can't remember which one, but like the like language that you should be aware, aware oh, sorry, aware of is uh, like, what's up or like, whatever or something like that. It was something very mundane. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But so that has become kind of a, a savior for us on these movies where we can't find rules because we can easily pick something out of there. We found out it has all sorts of these things for most movies somehow going back like multiple decades. Exactly. Uh, it's been around like since like the 90s or something like that. Exactly. And so after we come back and we write our good movie, we're going to jump into our bad movie. We are playing the drinking game, you know, as we're watching. So, uh... My tongue might get lazier as the episode goes on. What already did here as we're talking <laughs> so right now. <laughs> I, I am drinking my drink of choice, champagne. Yeah, which I is haven't started yet. I'm on LaCroix. <laughs> um, but we have over the past year of doing this, we do have some rules that we use every single time, right? Mm-hmm. So one of our favorites is product of the time. So I love a good 90s and early 2000s movie. So when we see like a huge like bag phone or a VHS or something like that, we'll drink to a product of the time. Do you say a bag phone? Yeah. What is a bag phone? Seriously? Yeah. It's like it's like what the first cell phones were, but they were so big that they came like in a like, drawstring bag. Really? Yeah. I have never heard that term. Really? Yeah. I'm just, okay, now I have Are to Are you look sure it that's up. what it's called? No, I'm not. Man, it's going to be funny if you mean like box phone or... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I mean bag phone. I have never heard bag of Bag phone for car, yes. Oh, for a car. Well, yeah, because you like usually put it in your car. But you mean like a car phone? Well, y- yeah, but uh. it's a cell phone essentially. Uh. So, are you talking about like the big block ones, like that you have like an antenna and you like yeah, pull them up? Yeah, exactly. And like, those what, stayed in your car. Yeah. You could take them out. Yeah, like Zach Morris and Say by the Bell would have one all the time. Huh. I thought you just carried that on your person. I I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know the <laughs> the ins and outs of the back phone. <laughs> Yeah, I just had never heard that term before. (laughs) So product of the time. And then because we uh, obviously started this tradition during a global pandemic, anytime there's a scene that makes us uncomfortable after living through COVID. um, So large gatherings, hugging, shaking hands. Brushing your teeth with your fingers. Yes, that's happened. Looking at you, chasing liberty. (laughs) <laughs> Those are our ones that we're always going to repeat. And we also really like to drink to any time the movie says the title of the movie during like the dialogue. Yeah, that's one that we always drink to. Yeah, that's a good one. It almost always happens too. At yeah. least once. Yeah. 
So we're really excited that you guys you guys are joining with us, and we hope you'll stick around and keep coming for movie night. So before we get into this week's movie picks, there's something that I really need to talk about. And what is that? So today the trailer was released for the movie adaptation of the Broadway musical Dear Evan Hansen. Which we saw together. Yeah, exactly. So we saw it together when it was touring. Good show. Not as great as I wanted it to be, but really yeah. good show. Yeah, you really hyped that movie up leading movie. into it. Uh, sorry, uh, play. <laughs> well, it's the movie now. <laughs> it's Are movie you going to hype this up too? Um, after seeing the trailer, I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, so Ben Platt, who originated the character of Evan Hansen on Broadway, he's mm-hmm. playing Evan Hansen in the movie, which like I agree with that casting choice like i don't think i would be receptive to seeing this movie with anybody else play evan hansen mm-hmm. ben platt is almost 30 years old evan hansen's like 17 yeah that's true but he played in the play too yeah but that's when he was like 20 <laughs> like but it came out that long ago yeah it's oh, been I out for it a while yeah okay. so i get what they're trying to do like i am all for like Ev- or ben platt playing evan hansen uh-huh. i'm not for trying to fool us into thinking that man is a 16 or 17 year old Right. And so he looks so out of place. He's a short man. Like, he's fine. Just let him look like a normal kid. And don't, like, try to, like, scruff up his hair and make him look, like, weird. But my favorite is that BuzzFeed published an article about it today. And they got in some stuff that people were posting on Twitter. And, like, they uh, <laughs> there was a picture uh, from Elf when Will Ferrell is sitting in, like, the desk. And like all the like elves are around him, oh, and like yeah, yeah. there's like, hey, uh-huh. look, it's Ben Platt and <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen. I'm trying to think of the, it. Reminds me of that Steve Buscemi meme. Uh-huh. What is it that he said? It's like him like dressed up like a like a skateboarder. Oh yeah, you've seen it when yeah. he's like, "What's up, my fellow teenagers?" Right. Or whatever it says. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> That's how it feels because like I mean, Ben Platt doesn't look like he's almost thirty. Right. Like if you just try not to make him look like not himself. It wouldn't be as weird having I, him played like that. I found it too. So uh, it's from 30 Rock and it it's him walking around with his music band t-shirt and his skateboard. And he says, how do you do fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> Steve Buscemi is like the very last person you could ever have play a teenager. Oh yeah. I saw a picture of him when he was in the um, New York fire department because mm-hmm. he was a firefighter in like the eighties or something like mm-hmm. that. And he even looks old then. And that's when he was like young, like right. 18 to 20. And he still looked like he looks now, right. just with more hair. <laughs> right. Well, I think it comes out in September, so we'll have to see. If I know you, I think you're going to like the movie more than you'll like, you like the play. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I like the play fine. Uh, I mean, I've liked all these plays so far. I mean, we're season mm-hmm. pass holders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we see plays all the time. Yeah. But Jervin Hansen, it's just like, I guess like you, you upsold it so much. And the I only mean, it was hailed as like the the next Hamilton, right? And I guess that's the issue is that it wasn't right the next Hamilton. Like I can't remember a single song. And the first oh, time I saw I Hamilton, I mean, we had also listened to that soundtrack for sure. years before we saw the show. Yeah, but another difference because I'm not. I did go back and listen to Hamilton many times after that. I didn't go back and listen to Evan Hansen. Here's a question for you. Uh huh. 
Before we got together, did you ever see or watch musicals mm. or plays or things like that? I'm trying to think. So does the Muppets count? No. <laughs> Sean's <laughs> obsessed with the Muppets. Uh, well, yeah. One specifically the uh, whatever year that was, 2011 yeah. Muppets <laughs> with Jason Siegel. So other than that, I'm sure like the original Willy Wonka, is that a musical? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you weren't seeking out musicals. I would say no. Okay. <laughs> Definitely not like plays. I mean, I had seen some plays, but I mean, I never, I don't think I even paid to go to like a regular place, right? I like was going you to like weren't, university like, plays. buying tickets for a place six hours from where you love to go see uh, like Wicked. Definitely not. Okay. Because that's how I've been my entire life. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That well, then it makes person. me, well, it makes me very happy that you've been so open to letting me have all my musical theater things in my life because <laughs> I'm very heavy, heavily into it. I mean, I definitely don't dislike going to any of these plays. The only thing that I would have probably blown my brains out over seeing was that uh, the one set in New Jersey. Remember, um, uh, wasn't it like Robert De Niro? The like... Oh, yeah. I don't know uh, how he was related to this play. He was like a producer or a... Um, yeah, no, I need to know. What was he? He wasn't the director or the writer. Yeah. Um. One second. Oh, okay. I know what it was. It was a Bronx Tale. Yeah, Bronx Tale. And I'm sure there's somebody that loves that play. And maybe it's not as bad as it looked, but that thing looks so boring. I think to me, if I had to sit through a whole thing of that, if it if it was how it looked, like when they were playing the teaser or whatever, when they announced that that was going to come, uh, you know, to our playhouse or whatever. I don't know. I don't think I could have taken it. I think it was for me how what is the other play called the like that can never go right or like the play that never goes right or something is that what it's called the play <laughs> that never goes right something okay like that well and you know it's like one of the longest running plays on broadway or right. whatever mm -hmm. um yeah i saw it. it was when we were in broadway in the back of the little <laughs> when we were in broadway on broadway <laughs> what, uh, not <laughs> in broadway it's not like broadway's like a city <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well you know we were it's a location <laughs> But anyway, so when we were there, though, in the back of the like playbill, right, mm -hmm. they had a description of other plays that were going on. And that play was one of them. And it said that it was one of the longest running plays uh, on Broadway. Right. And when that came to our theater, that's the one that you specifically were like, we're definitely not seeing this one. Of mm -hmm. all the ones, yeah. that's the one we're not seeing. It's a very like Monty Python-esque type thing. And that is like not what I'm into. Right, which is also why we didn't see Spamalot. I've seen Spamalot with Clay Aiken. Well, <laughs> I have not seen Spamalot, but I would probably enjoy it. You probably would, and I'm and I'm sorry that I'm not nice enough to see it again. <laughs> okay, let's get into movies. So this week was my picks. Uh -huh. I went a little dark. Dark? I think a little dark. So I'm going to kind of like go backwards. So normally I say my, my good pick and then my bad pick. Uh-huh. I really wanted something to work with my bad pick. So I don't think this was either at the very beginning of the pandemic or right before it started. There was this movie that came out on Netflix. It was like a made for Netflix movie called Secret Obsession. I've never heard of it. Yep. We're going to get more in depth into that after we come back after our good movie. But it was so bad. And ever since we've been doing good and bad, uh, bad movie pairings, I have wanted to watch this with you so badly because I know that you're going to find it hilarious like I did. So is this supposed to be serious, though? It's supposed to be extremely serious. And it's like a kind of like a stalker-esque story. So it's not a comedy. It, they're, they're, I said that this was dark. 
Yeah, well, I, know, I understand that, but you're, but it's really, really bad, but it's a serious yes, movie that's really bad. Exactly. So it's bad on accident. Yes, and real bad. Yeah. Okay, so trying to figure out like how I could pair something with it, I try to go actor roots, I try to go uh, writer roots. Um, big surprise, people who acted in this movie and wrote and directed this movie, they haven't done other good movies. Oh, surprise. So, <laughs> Who's the director? Nobody I've ever heard of. It's oh. Kevin something or other. So I realized that I couldn't do a person connection. And so I was like, okay, what about like an overall theme? And so that's when I kind of got like the stalker kind of idea. Uh-huh. And I thought of the 2015 movie, we saw it together in theaters, The Gift, with Joel Egerton, uh, Jason Bateman, and Rebecca Hall. Yeah, I remember vaguely. I don't remember the whole thing, but yeah. Yeah. Well, let me read you the synopsis real quick in case you don't remember or anybody listening doesn't remember. Of which one? Uh, the Gift, because we we're going to start with that. Okay. So The Gift yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. So when married couple Simon, played by Jason Bateman, and Robin, played by Rebecca Hall, unexpectedly encounter Gordo, played by Joel Joel Edgerton. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, An acquaintance from Simon's past. Little do they know that their perfect lives will be thrown into a terrifying tailspin. At first, Simon doesn't recognize Gordo, but after a troubling series of uninvited encounters and mysterious gifts, a horrifying secret emerges. So this movie was written and directed by Joel Edgerton. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I don't think I really realized that too until I was looking into it. But I have a piece of trivia that I really didn't know about Joel Edgerton uh-huh. when I was looking into him. I don't okay. think I know from anything but this. You'd have to tell me another movie he was in. Okay, that's what I'm about to say. Okay. He was in, and I have no clue if this was like a, he had one line or if he was a very important person. Uh-huh. But he was in Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Huh. I well, so it was like his name was like Lars Owen or Owen Lars. I feel like it was Lars Owen. Maybe I should look that up. I would have to definitely Google to see what this looks like. Okay, Owen Lars is the name of the character. Owen Lars. Let me look it up real quick so I can see what this looks like. Owen Lars. So Owen Lars. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that person. Okay. I mean, it does look vaguely familiar, but. It says that he... Okay, so Owen Lars was the son of moisture farmer Cle... (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Fucking Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, The son of moisture farmer Cleeg Lars and the stepbrother of Anakin Skywalker. Okay, so he's Anakin Skywalker's stepbrother. Interesting. So he is important. Pouring champagne. Okay, so, um, well, I bet bet he did have a role then, uh, or some lines. Yeah. Well, this twists into another fun fact. Yeah. And that he has a brother named Nash, who also is in Hollywood, works mainly as a stunt double, but has crossed over kind of into directing. Uh huh. And he was in episode two as Ian McGregor's uh, stunt double. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe that's how he got into episode three then. Yeah, maybe. His brother Nash, he directed, uh, remember that movie Gringo? With like, uh, I think it was like Charlie Theron. Came out a few yes. years ago. I don't think yeah, I ever watched I it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So he did that. For a, sing- uh, for, for a second, I was like, oh, yeah, the one with the lizard, that's Rango <laughs> <laughs> with that Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, Lord. Anyways, so I'm really happy to say that our favorite drinking site, which is drinkwin.ca, uh-huh. they have our favorite rules because there's not a lot of them. Wait, it's a .ca? Yeah, like it's a Canadian website. Oh, wow. You never mentioned that before. Oh, uh, I thought I had. No, I just figured, oh, that makes me like it even more. We should move to Canada. <laughs> 
Well, they always have our favorite rules, so I always go look there first to see um, if I can find it. And if not, go ahead up, screen it. Okay, so these are pretty straightforward. Anytime someone says Gordo, Simon, or Robin, which are the three main characters' names. Wait, isn't Gordo also the name of the friend in Lizzie McGuire? It is. I'm so proud of you for knowing that. Um, anytime someone references or says gift, uh-huh. which also is a drinking rule anyways, because it's, it's saying the name of the yeah. movie. Uh-huh. Um, there's a reference to the baby and there's a reference to high school. So we've got saying Gordo, Simon, Robin, gift, referencing the baby or referencing high school. And I don't even know what they mean by referencing the baby. So because I guess it's been too long since I saw this movie. Yeah. So this should feel good for you to watch. Perfect. Okay. Well, let's go do that and we'll be back. All right. And we're back from watching the gift. Do you hate me? No, not at all. <laughs> the Gift was a really good movie. It, I couldn't remember anything going into this. It came out, what, like 2014? 2015, 20, yeah. 2015, okay. Uh, I know we saw it together in the theaters, but I remember liking it and watching it now. I liked it again, but I guess it's been long enough I just didn't remember any of the plot until it came back to me as I was watching it. Right. But, I mean, it's a good, like, thriller, like, suspense-type movie. It is. As I said, it's a little dark for movie night. A little bit darker than we normally go. For it's a lot night. darker than we normally go. But oh, so we can get Secret Obsession, which I think you're going to thank me for. Yeah. I mean. I'm and we got forward. to watch a good movie to That's get true. there. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty suspenseful. It's a good thriller. Pretty simple, honestly. It's like yeah. not narratively very complex, but. But very good acting performances. Like, I think the main three, Jason Bateman, Rebecca Call. Rebecca Hall and Joel Edgerton. I think their performances are really great and what are carrying the movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, those are really the only people in the movie. <laughs> I, well, I know, but like, I think you can have such a simplistic narrative. Yeah. When you're having really great performances carrying it. Yeah, that's true. Question. Could anybody but Jason Bateman play the role of Simon? I don't know. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spoil the movie for anybody who hasn't seen it, but... <laughs> Jason Bateman plays a strange character for Jason Bateman to play. I think he plays the perfect character for Jason Bateman to play. No, I think that he was perfect for the role, but it is a it is a unique character mm-hmm. that he normally wouldn't play. So I love Jason Bateman. He's one of my favorite actors, but definitely now that he's like in I think in his prime and getting like really good roles, he kind of is a lot of times playing the same type of character of someone who is charismatic mm-hmm. can usually talk their way into getting what they want, but also you kind of get like that smarmy, a little bit arrogant right. feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the first time that that character that he plays over and over again, kind of got personified to the next level of just being a really shitty person. Right. Um, and I don't think it's a spoiler to say that that character is shitty. You can kind of get the feeling from the beginning that he's not going to be the best guy. You right. can tell the way he talks that he is, doesn't say anything genuine. Yeah. But I think it was a perfect Jason Bateman role because he is so charismatic. The way he responds in his acting is so interesting to me. What do you mean? <sighs> like, I was seeing, there's like one specific scene and like, it wasn't like a big scene or anything, but you know, his wife was upset with him and calling him out. And, like, basically calling him out on a lie. And I don't think anyone could carry off the reaction that he gave in that. Which was, like, instead of, like, acting like, I can't believe you're saying this about me. Or, like, 
anger. It's like he just does like a slow close of his eyes, like he is calculating what he's about to say mm-hmm. and like opens them and is like, Well, you're crazy. You know, like it was just so good, but it was so Jason Bateman at the same time. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I I really enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah, I mean, and this would have been one of the earlier things that he was, like, super serious in. Yeah, because Ozarks was around 2017. Yeah, so this would have been before that. And yeah. and, and prior to this, he was just in things like Arrested Development. Um, showing up in random comedies and things like that. Yeah, and Extract, which we need to watch at some point in time. I really liked Extract. It's a comedy, like oh, a movie. Okay. I don't know if I've seen that. It's about a person who runs, like, a vanilla extract company. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's Jason Bateman who runs it. <laughs> Sounds on point. Yeah, it was really good from what I remember, but I haven't seen it in years. Before we get into our ratings, what do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes is kind of like our bar of what we think of how we decide if we're going to watch a movie or not. My guess would be like maybe low 80s. Okay. It's a 91. Oh, a 91? Yeah. Huh. It's not. So, it's definitely a good movie. I, w- I think I was a little bit surprised by the 91 whenever I saw that when I was looking it up. Just to jump into ratings, so we like to rate between zero and a hundred mm-hmm. and it's pretty easy to do on these really good movies <laughs> when we don't have to like take into consideration that we're talking about a bad movie right for me i think i'm gonna give it an 85 that's really close to what i was gonna give it what are you giving it yeah i was gonna say an 84 okay yeah so which is kind of why i said low 80s when i was guessing about my rotten score yeah because i think it was a really great movie it's kind of hard to get into the 90s with a score from me yeah. So getting an 80s, somewhere in the 80s means I think it's a good movie. Right. Well, and again, I I did calculate into my score a little bit of being a drinking night movie. Mm-hmm. And I think if you want to watch that type of movie, then The Gift is a great one to watch. I Definitely agree. sit down and watch it. Right. And maybe you would put it in the 90s or something if you're isolating it to that type of movie. Exactly. If you want to drink and have fun on a movie night, you're going to have to be the right type of person to choose. <laughs> You're going to have, have to, to be Ashley. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yeah, we the, we did find a lot to drink to, though. And in terms of dr- drinking rules, Simon is one that hit all the time. I'm going to say, and I don't know if when we have had drinking rules, if I've ever said this before, I think the names are too much. Like, really? I think they say the names so often that, like, you're just waterfalling. Well, I would maybe just limit it then and just choose. So, you and I on a movie before, we have done where we chose somebody's name uh-huh. before. I think that's what you should do. Like, if you're drinking with friends, like, I could be like, every time they say Gordo, I'm going to drink. And then Sean could say, every time they say Simon, he's going to drink. Yeah, that would be a good way to split it up. Otherwise, you're going to have to limit it. And I would limit it to Simon because Simon's the main character. Right. And they make a lot of, like, Simon Says type jokes in yeah. the beginning. And, and so, I think that that would be a good one to drink to if you have to choose a name. Don't throw all the names in there. But then the one that you brought up uh, was windows and seeing people through windows. Absolutely. Because that happens all the time in every venue, not just the house. but Yeah, so they have like a very mid-century modern house where it's like very open, glassy, you know, very airy type feel. And I swear, somebody's always looking through a window. And then you go to a store, somebody's looking through a window. Go to an office, someone's looking through a window. It's just... The scenes through windows were insane, and I think you have to have that as a drinking rule. Yeah. Well, and it's not even always just people looking. It's like the camera looking through windows. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the camera looking at someone looking through windows, that, that type of thing. But, right. And, um, our, and our, you know, our standard rule for the, the movie title being said really held up here. Yeah, that's true. Because it does. Well, and sometimes it doesn't get said, but it's written, mm-hmm. and you can still count that. 
Right. Yeah. The other thing about Windows, though, when you brought it up, because I did start noticing how many times windows are shown. Mm -hmm. And my only guess about maybe what this plays into is like in psychology, there's an association of windows with exhibitionism. Hmm. So like some personality tests and things like that will link like windows to exhibitionism. So normally exhibitionism is more like you're portraying yourself right to the public or whatever, Mm -hmm. like you want to be watched. Mm -hmm. But you could also associate it maybe with people watching like voyeuristic yeah like voyeurism Uh that's one of my only guesses if they have any connection maybe they don't maybe it's just because it's a stalkerish movie and windows are how stalkers watch people but no i think i think for sure i don't know i'm i feel like i'm about to try to make an argument that isn't going to hold up but let's see where it goes like i don't know i think maybe it could be you know like Simon is always putting on a performance. Like he is constantly like not really his true self because his true self is an asshole. Uh-huh. And like his whole his whole world revolves around him getting what he wants and manipulating people to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like he's like on this stage that anybody can see into and then maybe with the windows too. Oh, God, I'm I'm making myself gag uh like you know people being able to like see through it all i mean maybe i mean if it has a metaphor for it i don't know so we we know that joel edgerton is the director and the writer and the writer so how uh, sophisticated of a writer is joel edgerton oh no he only before this like in terms of like making his own movie he had done a movie in 2011 that was like an australian short film Huh. They got some notoriety, but I think this was his first like real movie. It might be his only one. I honestly haven't checked. Hmm. That he's written and yeah, or, exactly. or directed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. So I recommend The Gift as a great movie to watch, especially if you're like me and you love a good like. Th- and it wasn't scary. That's, no, that's something we should scary. say. It's like when I say thriller, I don't see. I don't mean scary. I mean more like suspenseful and like constantly wondering like what's going to happen next. Yeah, it's not a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but to Sean's point, if your goal is to have a fun movie night, maybe don't make that your your fun good movie. <laughs> uh, I agree. <laughs> but maybe the second movie will uh, sell it on uh, an enjoyable movie night experience. I have high hopes. And what is the synopsis for the second one? This is how poorly received this movie is. When I was looking up synopsis, I couldn't find anything more than one sentence. Well, that's the sign of a good movie. <laughs> I also saw that the uh, lead actress is Brenda Song. Yes. Oh, look at that. Exactly. Okay, so here's the very short synopsis. <laughs> a woman remains in danger as she returns to a life she cannot remember. So I can tell <laughs> I you. tell you what that is about. <laughs> exactly. So as someone who's seen it, I can tell you that it is about a woman who wakes up from an accident and is having amnesia. Um, her husband's there by her side and she doesn't have a memory of him. So she's like going home with him and maybe realizing that he's not who he seems to be. Fun piece of trivia about this. When I was looking at this movie, this is like the perfect piece of trivia for you, Sean. Uh-huh. Okay. In just 28 days. 40 million viewers tuned in to Secret Obsession, putting it in the top 10 most viewed Netflix originals ever. Wow. Isn't that insane? Yeah, that's really crazy. But you want to know why they think that might be? Why? According to some comments, they're ho- they were hoping to see Brenda Son naked. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't recall her ever being naked in this. 
That is very surprising. Well, it's not surprising. <laughs> it's really not surprising at all. Isn't Brenda Song one of those people that's become kind of like a, a girl that has like fanboys? If she does, I'm not aware of them. Uh, I thought that was, I thought she fell in the vein of like Bella Thorne and. I don't think so. She might. I don't think so though. For some, I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, you definitely have a more, a bit better pulse on that type of stuff than I do. Well, I mean, I don't know. But <laughs> no, I swear I don't know, Ashley, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea what is on her OnlyFans. No, I, I honestly I, mean, she don't might, I, I literally don't know, though. No, there's just like a strange group of people that get random, like, teen to middle-aged male followers. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I thought Brenda Song was one of those. Uh, Bellthorn is. I know for a fact that yeah. she is. But so are, like, uh, we brought up Alexander Dodorio. Uh, Dadario. I always say Dadario. Yeah. Alexandria Dadario. Yeah. Uh, is another one who just has a lot of middle-aged fans. And the biggest surprise one that <laughs> had to get like a restraining order or something, uh, the AT&T commercial girl. Oh, yeah. Because like people are so obsessed with like who she, like her looks. Yeah. Her name is something like it's either like Milena or Milana, something like that. Vaintraub. I think that's her name. Uh, it. I don't know how exactly to pronounce it. If you look it up, yeah. Uh, I think her last name is like V A Y N T R A U B. You're super close, Melania Vaintrobe, and it's spelled V A Y N T R U B. Oh, well, I was close. Yeah, no, I think they just let her off. Okay, well, and I know about this because of Reddit, and so like, uh, sometimes you'll see a lot of like Reddit posts, and surely it's Melania, not Melena. Uh, maybe. Uh, so Melania Vaintrobe. Mm -hmm. So she was in the AT&T commercials. I think that's all she did. And then the popularity of that somehow, I guess when people watching the AT&T commercials, people are like, wow, that girl in that commercial is really attractive. And then mm -hmm. it generated this following where they found out that like she did some modeling. And so like, then they started like posting on subreddits, like her modeling photos. And then that got enough for her to get like some extras and TV shows and stuff like that. But it got so big in this like cult following, like on subreddits and on uh, probably 4chan and things like that, that she eventually was having like people message her directly. Uh, and I think that's where she had to like actually like crack down because she posted like uh, stuff publicly about like, I'm getting too many direct messages mm -hmm. and like this has to stop because it's getting right. creepy. So speaking of stalkerish uh, type things. You uh, really tied that one in. Yeah, that fits right in. But no, I'm just thinking. Brenda so basically Song, I think. the world is just a bunch of horn dogs and nobody's safe. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's the point that this movie made, but it's definitely the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it. I'll, I'll figure it out if uh, Brenda Song is or is not. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I have to go and follow all of my fan pages for Brenda Song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't remember her being in anything other than like Mike. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody's, Sean. Oh, is that around the time that... No, she would have been after Like Mike. Yeah, she or was, it's probably around the same time, She was honestly. a young child in Like Mike. She wasn't that old in Zach and Cody. And I think she was on that Lindsay Lohan movie, Get a Clue, which we own on DVD because I wanted life-size <laughs> Lindsay Lohan and Tyra Banks. And the only way you could get it was buying a double DVD. <laughs> yeah, a double DVD, D not, not Blu-ray. And we bought this this year. <laughs> yeah, we bought it in 2021. <laughs> yes. Okay. Drinking rules. Yeah, let's talk about drinking rules. So drink anytime someone says Jennifer, which is Brenda Song's character's name. Uh-huh. You see wedding wings? Wedding what? 
prison. <laughs> I'm like in Princess Bride. And then <laughs> wedding rings. And I said wedding wings. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, is, like That's where you went. That's no. literally what I did. Uh, well, when you said wedding wings, I was like, like in Nashville, when people stand right. like and take pictures in front of like, yeah, the wings on the wall, like a yeah mural wings. Yeah. Uh, okay. So See the TikTok of like the insane line in Nashville. Yeah. Uh-huh. So insane. Well, okay. So okay, when you see wedding wings, wedding <laughs> rings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> With an R. With an R. Yeah. Anytime you see a photo, which happens a lot. Okay. Um, anytime Jennifer hobbles, which is really what makes this film a great bad film, um, there's a flashback, uh-huh. and someone is hit with an object. With any object. Any object. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I'm really excited about? What? So, you and I have started this fun thing of when it's time for the bad movie pick, and one of us hasn't seen it, we do something called Shot in the Dark. Yes. You want to explain what Shot in the Dark is? Yes. Yeah, so Shot in the Dark is where if we haven't seen, at least if at least one of us hasn't seen the movie, or if it's been so long ago that we can't remember the movie, we just using pure guesses, a literal shot in the dark, you guess something that's going to happen in the movie. It can be a person showing up, an actor that you don't for sure know, and you can't look mm-hmm. up on, on you know mm-hmm. IMDb or something and figure this out. It has to be a complete guess. Uh, but an actor you think that might show up or uh, normally it's like a plot point or something that you think is going to happen. And if that thing happens, then you take a shot. Yep. So instead of a like finish your drink rule, you do a shot yep. because it's something that's supposed to be unlikely to happen, but feasible. I'm not, I, I'm going to add just a little bit to that. Yeah. When I get to do shot in the darks, cause we only do this on bad movies. Uh huh. I like to think of if this is truly a bad movie, it's going to do this trope. Yeah. And so, like, I'll think of, like, something that, like, it's so stupid, but I bet this movie is going to do it. Yeah, and I do the same. Yeah. But what you wouldn't want to do is, like, a movie about war and someone's going to get, get shot or yeah. something. Like, yeah, that's, exactly. That's too likely to happen. So, right. it has to be something that, like, you really don't know. Right, exactly. This could or could not happen. It's a bad movie, so guessing tropes or stereotypical type of moments, right. that's a good guess. Right. Some of them are, are more outlandish. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple of outlandish ones, but... Okay, so Sean, you are the one who hasn't seen this movie. What is your sh- shot in the dark? This is a hard one, because, well, one, the, the one-sentence synopsis is not easy to, <laughs> to guess <laughs> off of. Uh, you provided me a little bit of extra... I gave you hobbling. <laughs> yeah... Okay, my guess, because you also said people getting hit with objects, Mm -hmm. my guess is that there's going to be a moment at which an object hits her in the head and she remembers everything. Yeah, okay. So That's a good one. It seems like she has amnesia or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like somehow that amnesia is going to be immediately reversed Mm. because that's a bad movie trope. That is. That you just suddenly, because that's not how amnesia works, (laughs) right? Okay. What, Dr. Holden? (laughs) Okay, so... Uh, if people, <laughs> there's, there's multiple types of amnesia, right? So you can have a uh, retrograde amnesia where you forget things about the past. You can also have, I think it's, is it anterior grade, uh, amnesia? A- anyway, no uh, well, so there's two types of amnesia. One is where you're, you're not storing memories currently. Mm-hmm. And so it's affecting like your storage of, of mm-hmm. new memories. Right. The other one's about knocking out 
old mm-hmm. memories. So old memories, if that's the type of amnesia that you have, then you can slowly re- regain that over time. Mm-hmm. Unlikely to just get hit in the head so hard that it all comes, <laughs> you know, flashing back. If anything, if you got hit in the head hard again, you'd probably lose more of your functioning or something like that. Right, but like, you may, can you have both amnesias where you can't yeah. remember the past or the present? You can, yes. So maybe that's what happens, really, if you get hit hard. Yeah, uh, and I think that the um, storing uh, storing current memories, if that's the type of amnesia that you have, I think that comes back faster than than the other. But I can't exactly remember. It's been a long time. I'm not I'm not a neuropsych, so <laughs> that's just something that I learned along the way. But yeah, so that's my guess because uh, that does fit into a bad movie type of thing that would happen. Mm-hmm. That she's going through this whole movie not knowing what's going on. Something happened because that's a really poor plot device too. Oh, for sure. To like. Something happens, she hits her head, and then bam, I remember you. I remember what happened. I remember right. like how I wound up here. Right. And then the movie ends because it's right. like, that's the way you wrap it up. Exactly. Instead of development. Exactly. Because I know it right now off the top of my head, without seeing this movie, without knowing anything but the drinking rules and the one sentence I gave you, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score of this was? Well, so if it was the most watched movie, uh, the, this is <laughs> critics, 10. right? Critics, yeah, uh, critics don't care about that stuff. Yeah, my guess is a forty-five. I think it was a twenty-three or twenty-four. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. So, all right. So we'll say I looked this up, and uh, it's called Secret Obsession, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I looked this up, there was an NPR review. And this is from 2019. The title is something like uh, Secret Obsession has a lot of weird ideas about crime and amnesia. (laughs) (laughs) And I can confirm that's true. So that doesn't seem like a glowing review from NPR. (laughs) Uh, What? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'm going to guess this isn't going to be a very good movie. It's not going to be a good movie, but it's going to be a great movie to watch. Well, and Hobbling, that's another one that probably sells it. It's not going to be great. (laughs) It really does. If it happens enough for you to drink to it. Right. Okay, well, I'm really excited to watch this with you because I think you're going to love it. Yeah. Okay, let's go do it. All right. So we're back from watching Secret Obsession. Secret Obsession was as bad as you made it out to be, and you really sold it on hobbling. It, It hobbled all over the place. She really did. And even when she started to get better, she got worse. Right. They found a way to keep her hobbling, even when she shouldn't have been hobbling anymore. And we talked about that, like, sometimes we weren't sure if the hobble was consistent, like which side she was hobbling on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, half the time she had like a crutch and I'm not sure that her hobbling made that much sense. And Mm -hmm. then she stopped using the crutch just, I guess, that she could hobble more severely. Right. So let's back up and just talk about the movie real quick. Yeah. This is not going to be spoiler free because this is such a shitty movie that I have no desire to try to save the plot for anyone. Yeah, we'll say even though it was on Netflix, it kind of felt like a... Lifetime movie. Like a Lifetime movie. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it felt like. Which, I mean, good on Netflix for it being the number, like in the top 10 most streamed movies ever. In 2019? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So Jennifer, who's played by Brenda Song... You you are kind of this movie opens with kind of like a chase scene, like she's being chased by someone, mm-hmm. and it's going in and out, blah 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 blah, and ultimately she gets hit by a car while trying to run away from her attacker. The car accident is so f- severe, which mind you, we witnessed the car accident, and I don't think it could have been as severe as what it was. Portrayed. Yeah, I mean, she kind of like 
rolled up on the front of the car and fell off the mm-hmm. side, but it didn't look particularly bad. Right. And it's like, it's like she rolls off the side, hits the ground, looks like Brenda Song. Camera goes away for one second, comes back to her, and it's like her entire face is like cut up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they keep that for like a, f- a few scenes, and then eventually that just disappears altogether. Right. So, no scars, no marks, no scabs. Just right. All gone. <laughs> So she's rushed to the hospital, and while she's in surgery, her husband comes to the hospital and is, you know, he's so worried about his wife, and and he's waiting on her to get out of the OR, and she does, and she wakes up, and she has full-on amnesia. Right. She can't remember. So the the doctor explains it a little bit. So he's like, uh, your wife, she's going to uh, she's going to retain some of her memories. And so she'll remember her name and some other things like how to speak and things like that. But she's going to lose all of her episodic memories. Like uh, she won't remember like events and, and things like that. And she won't remember you, which I don't know. That's a little confusing. And I don't know. Sure. I mean, really, the first half of the movie is Jennifer trying to remar- remember her marriage, rem- remember that her parents have died, all this stuff that she just like really can't remember. And her husband, Russell, was filling her in on this. Mm-hmm. And a surprise to no one, this Russell is not actually her husband. He is actually a co-worker who was obsessed with her to the point that he murdered her parents and the real Russell. His name is Ryan. And then is like trying to murder her. And then she gets hit by that car and he realizes he has an opportunity to actually do what he wants, like to make her fall in love with him. Right. And I will say that if you're going to make a movie with that, where that's the premise, that this random stranger is convincing someone with amnesia that he's their husband and convincing the whole hospital. The hosp- they do kind of bring up like someone asks a nurse or something like why did you I think it was the uh, police officer, right? Right. Like why did you release her to this man and the explanation was not great about like like I I don't think that if you were severely hit by a car and I just came in and I was like, "Yeah, I'm her husband." <laughs> right. I don't think that they could be like, "Oh yeah, prove it." And then I like tell a story or something right. and then like they're like, mm, "That seems that seems reasonable." <laughs> Well, they said that he had pictures which were very badly photoshopped. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they yeah. look they look photoshopped because they are. Like you yeah. find out later that he photoshopped all the all the photos. I don't know. It's it really made no sense in terms of how the amnesia worked because the things that she forgot, the way she remembered, she kind of just remembers all of a sudden for no reason. Yeah. There was no object in the head like what you thought your shot in the dark might be. No, there wasn't. What People do get hit a lot in the head. <laughs> With objects. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and that is one. That's a drinking rule. There's a lot of other strange things that happen. There's a man who we couldn't figure out how he tied into the story, but he gets killed by the fake husband. Still not sure how he ties into the story. Yeah, at the beginning, they just show him leering into the like room where she's staying in the hospital and then he walks off as if he's like a creepster but then they never describe what happened and then the fake husband when he goes there and is pretending to be her husband is like uh what were you doing like look at my wife and he really doesn't say like Mm -mm. i can't even remember what his response was but it was something like i do not think i have my reasons yeah i like i don't think we had any resolution on who he is and why he had an interest in jennifer yeah no not at all and 
I don't really have no idea what the point of that was. Right. It's a sign of a bad movie when you just introduce a person or a situation or an event that never ties in again, is never explained, and just happens. Right. We need to talk about what is arguably the best performance of this movie, which is sad because it was not a good performance. And that is uh, by Dennis Haysbert, who most of us know as the Allstate man. Yeah. And we talked about this so much. It's probably what we talked about the most throughout this movie is that every time he speaks, you can only hear the Allstate commercial. Literally. And he's talking so much about a police case in which someone was hit by a car. (laughs) And so it always sounds like he's talking about an insurance claim. Oh, yes. So, like, literally, it became like a drinking rule every time we thought we were in an Allstate commercial. We'd be like, are you in good hands? I mean, look, it's it sounds so much like it. Right. He does cuss a few times, which like helps take you out of it a little bit, I guess. But he's just so tight. And I know that he did movies before he was the Allstate guy. Mm-hmm. I think he used to play like uh, army generals and things mm-hmm. like that in, in past movies. But at this point, it's just like it's too much. That's all you can hear. I can't even think of uh, of an equivalent. Uh, it would be like if the Geico gecko voice <laughs> was in a movie and that's all you could hear. You know, it's just like there's there's no way around it. No. Like we said, it's very much like a Lifetime movie, but a little bit better. The acting is horrible. The premise is horrible. We did laugh out loud a lot, though, of just how bad it was. Yeah, we did. And there was a point. Imagine this situation. It's a coworker who's been like kind of stalking, kind of just observing this woman who he doesn't really know. And he gets this plan that he's going to like, I guess, kill her because she doesn't want to be with him. Mm -hmm. Because his plan is not to give her amnesia. That happens by accident. And he even says like, and that gave me an opportunity. Right. So his plan was just to kill her. Which doesn't make sense if you're obsessed with somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, there there are definitely, like, super abusive people in the world who are like, if I can't have you, no one will. But the extent of killing her parents and her real husband and trying to kill her, it just didn't make sense. Right. I mean, that's bizarre. Also, the guy who plays her fake husband, Mike Vogel is his name. Mm -hmm. He looks like the most uncomfortable looking serial killer I've ever seen. Like when you look at him, you're like, that man's a serial killer. Right. Well, and from the beginning, I was like, this guy's really creepy. Yeah. And uh, that's something I was going to bring up earlier, actually, is that like, if you're going to make a movie like this, why would you make the husband so creepy from the very beginning? Right. Like the way he talks to her when she's unconscious, the way he interacts with her right right after when they're going home. There's nothing about it that makes you think that he doesn't have something severely wrong. Right. There's, there is no point at which you're like, oh, this is her actual husband and he's not the person who was trying to kill her at the beginning. Right. You immediately think that's who, who he is. <laughs> right. Which, how is that a suspense? Right. Like, if you already know all that. Also, I will say, though, Netflix has this really weird thing for their movies of, like, they're made for Netflix movies. Like, you know how when you get on Netflix and, like, you stop on a title, it automatically automatically starts playing a trailer. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But before made-for-Netflix movies, they give away the entire plot in that trailer that plays when you're, like, hovering over the title. Yeah. And so, like... I remember when I watched this for the first time, I had seen that and I was like, in the trailer, it tells like it tells you that this guy is not her real husband. Right. Whereas like you had not seen that trailer and you like hypothesized pretty early on that like, what if this guy's not her husband? And yeah. I was like, bingo. <laughs> Again, just from the first 20 <laughs> right. minutes of like when you're supposed to be questioning it, but you're not because of how he acts. 
Right. And uh, the synopsis also was like, uh, I can't remember exactly what it said, but in that one line that you read earlier, it was basically <laughs> like making you believe that something right. is not right about, right. you know, like what's going on. Exactly. So, I mean, very poorly set up for a thriller. But back to what I was going to say, though, is that imagine this is a man who is, you know, stalking this woman, trying to plan a way to be with her or kill her. I guess either one is okay with him. (laughs) He accidentally, while trying to kill her, knocks her unconscious to the extent that she gets amnesia. But he didn't knock her unconscious. She got hit by a car. Okay. Like by a third party who was not involved. Sure. Okay. yeah, Yeah. So then, you know, he... Goes and finds her in the hospital, shows a picture that he photoshopped, and that's enough to get her like into his custody because she can't make her own decisions while she has this like cognitive issue going on. Uh, and then he takes her to a house. Uh, it's kind of like a cabin-ish house, but it, a very large, like, very, almost like a mansion. Yeah, it's like a it's like a ranch estate almost. Right, and the whole time. This is a man who you would think has been planning uh, something or something like Mm -hmm. that. He is not careful at any step of the way. Mm -hmm. He ties her up like loosely multiple (laughs) times where she gets out every time that he does it. Not once, like three times Mm -hmm. gets out of his tying. He kills a man and then buries him in like a crop field. Oh, it's like, no, like in a flower garden. Uh, I thought it was like where you would grow corn or something like that. No, it's like where he was growing those lilies that she likes. Oh, okay. Well, then even worse. So Mm -hmm. it's like right outside the door. She sees him doing it because he's loudly shoveling, (laughs) you know, not trying to be covert at all. And then eventually she's like, you know, suspicious of like what was buried out here. And she eventually, when she starts figuring out something is wrong with him, goes out to that flower bed or whatever. And the whole like a part of the man's body is sticking out of the dirt. It's like his nose (laughs) is poking out of the dirt. It's like he, he buried him so poorly that you can see his body through the dirt. Right. Like this man was not careful in any regard. And it looks like a mound of dirt, like if Winnie the Pooh episode was like trying to like bury something like did not look expertly done it looked cartoonish at how bad it was right i mean it looked like a body under yeah, the dirt. exactly um yeah i mean very very poorly done what was your favorite movie or no, what's My your favorite, favorite movie, movie sean <laughs> what was your favorite moment of secret obsession my favorite moment. That's really hard. Honestly, if I I can't remember the exact lines that he said, but it's probably one of the times that we got one of those Allstate comments because <laughs> that made me laugh the most. Right. Is once we started thinking them, and we made that a drinking rule, mm-hmm. is that anytime you feel like he's doing an Allstate commercial, you can drink to it. Exactly. That made me laugh out loud. Honestly, I think that my favorite moment is at that beginning scene when he is in the hospital room uh, being creepy and you have that guy like leering through the windows. (laughs) That scene paired with then when you find him again and he's like, oh, yeah, I was just looking in the window. (laughs) I think like because that's all he was doing. It's like, I guess he wanted to see if she was okay, So he decided to like creepily stare through like the emergency like little window, uh, you know, into right. the ICU right. wing or whatever. I think that's my favorite moment. I don't know why. It's just because I think it's so outlandish and they don't right. explain it. My favorite is when Allstate guy figures out that this guy is not Russell Williams, Jennifer's husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, I think his name's like Ryan Garrity or something like that. Uh-huh. And so he's like decided that he's going out to the the house to like you know check on what's going on mm-hmm. and he he gets there and you know he's doing the normal like 
detective thing of walking around the property with his gun drawn and being suspicious and looking around. And during this time, he finds like a like a wooden sign that says Williams on it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's supposed to be like this like, oh, yeah, like this is the Williams house. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, if and, you're going to say what you're about to say, I think that's my second favorite, favorite moment. If uh-huh. it's what you're about to say. It's definitely what I'm about to say. OK. I mean, it just looks like a wooden sign. Like there's nothing. I would not look at that and be like, oh, suspicious. Yeah. Well, he immediately, like, gets, like, a pen out and, like, lifts up a corner. And it's a fucking sticker on top of a real wooden sign that says the Garrity's. And then, like, but it literally is, like, a sticker. It was, it was, one, it was just so obnoxious for him to have even looked at that and then, like, this is how I'll catch him. And then, like, he does. And it's a fucking sticker. Yeah. So here's, again, in what I just said, for a man who has been plotting something, we don't know what. Because he didn't plot on kidnapping her, I don't think. But he had all this prepared. Again, that's another good question. Okay, if he didn't plan to knock her out or kidnap her or whatever, if his plan was to kill her, and he admits that that was his plan, that he was just going to kill her because she wouldn't be with him, already killed her family and everything else, if he had no intent of bringing her back with amnesia to live with him, why did he have a fake sign? Why did he have all these things prepared for this? The pictures is definitely the one. Because if he wasn't prepared for her to go to the hospital with amnesia and be like, I'm her husband, how did he already have all the Photoshop photos taken and Photoshopped? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Because I guess they just assume that like he made these for himself, maybe. Like pretending because he was obsessed with her. Right. That's my favorite is when she finds the original photos of him like... In front of a blue screen, which I guess can act like a green screen. I'm not going to pretend like I know. Hmm, I don't know. I mean, but it's like him, like, <laughs> it's like, like glamour God. shots, like glamour shot selfies of him trying to like mimic what her husband looks like in photos in front of like a blue tarp. And it looks so effing stupid. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, there, nothing is consistent. It doesn't make sense. There's no real good explanation. It seems like she didn't even know who he was before all this. I think she like vaguely remembers that he is a coworker, but knows nothing about him. Right. So to be like this obsessed with someone who you've literally just seen and that's it, like you don't know anything about them. They've never interacted with you. And then you're to the extent that you're going to kill them because they're not with you. That's mm-hmm. very confusing. Let's set the drinking rules real quick. Yeah. Because I will say, I think these are some of the best drinking rules that we've had to a movie. Yeah, they were all really good. So, just as a reminder, so it was anytime someone says Jennifer, which they say her name a lot, mm-hmm. I would argue that they say Russell more. So, similar to when we were talking in The Gift about how, like, those three names, like, it's just drinking too much every time. Right. And we said, like, maybe if you're with other people, like, everybody pick a name. I would say somebody pick the name Jennifer and somebody pick the name Russell. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the next one was Wedding rings or wings as i like to say yeah. <laughs> um that one hit a lot yeah it did and um, they really zoom in on uh wedding rings there's a scene where she's like it makes no sense in the context of when it happens but she like in the hospital i guess because she doesn't know who this man is she looks at her hand and sees a wedding wedding ring and then looks at his hand and sees a wedding ring <laughs> and then i guess pieces together that like oh this is my husband <laughs> As if yeah, no other man works. that might come into the room. Like, it could be her brother for all she knows. Right. <laughs> like, anybody could have a wedding ring. But right. for, in her mind, it's like, oh, okay. We both have wedding rings, and so we're married. Right. 
Um, the next one was anytime you see a photo, which was all the time. Because mm-hmm. they're like, there's photos everywhere of Jennifer and Russell together. Yeah. To really sell you on, like, if it's not her husband, how does the photo exist in 2019? And again, those photos are set up around his house. Mm-hmm. So I guess that goes against my my case that maybe he was um, keeping them for himself. Or maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just pretending that he was married to her already or something in his own house. I, I don't, don't know. fucking know. It makes no sense. Next one is Jennifer Hobbles, which is personally my favorite. Yeah. I mean, and it happens all the time throughout the whole thing. And it's so funny. And like you want to drink anyways when it happens. So it's perfect. Yeah. The next one is there's a flashback. Eh, like there's definitely flashbacks, but I don't think we drank to it very much because like we forgot that that was one of our rules. Yeah, the flashbacks are like their way to say like she's starting to remember and then she remembers all at once like everything else. You can drink to it. Right. Um, The last one is someone is hit with an object, which happens a lot. Especially rocks. He (laughs) loves using rocks. Right. Like, I guess this is a man who like planned on killing people and yet he still has to find miscellaneous rocks off the ground to hit people in the head with like he doesn't have a knife he doesn't have a he does have a tire iron he does have a knife at one point oh at the very beginning Mm -hmm. yeah but uh i guess he does have a tire iron one time because i think he hits the man with it Mm -hmm. that was looking through the window yes the man that we still don't know had any role in the movie right but most of the time he's hitting people in the head with a rock right and so then finally we did add our all state rule which i think is a great rule that was my favorite rule. Personally. It was mine too. I really loved it. And uh, my, the last time I'm going to complain about how inconsistent this was as a suspense, like or thriller. The other th- aspect of this is that so, you know normally in a thriller, let's say that you have somebody tied up, they find a way to get out, right? So that scene happens. That scene has happened in a lot of thrillers, right? So now mm-hmm. she's like racing against the clock before he's back to get out. Mm-hmm. And so she is in a room with a deadbolt. So it's a bedroom, but it has a deadbolt on it. But the deadbolt doesn't have it like it uses a key on both sides. Oh, yeah. We have not even talked about that. Yeah. Which is that's bizarre in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And she lived like this for at least I don't know how long this lasts a week, two weeks. I don't know. Three years. Who knows? Right. And so like she would have at least noticed this at some point in time and been like, that's weird. Bedrooms Mm -hmm. don't have this type of like lock on both sides. (laughs) But to open that lock. Again, think of a, a good suspense, you know, and whatever. And like, she's really racing against the clock and you see him getting closer and you see her mm-hmm. frantically trying to get out. One, that never happens. Mm-hmm. You don't see any of that. Um, but the way she unlocks this door, it takes literally, I don't know, half a second. She just finds a bobby pin, puts the bobby pin in the lock, turns it, and it unlocks. Mm-hmm. The most useless lock, mm-hmm. like as if that's how lock picking works. You literally right. just put a bobby pin in the door and turn it like a key. Right. That's it. Remember when we broke into our own apartment for credit card? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean. Maybe you can. <laughs> well, but so what happened that time is that the deadbolt was the only thing locked, right? No, it wasn't locked because we didn't have the keys. So, it really was just So, the, it was just the bottom lock. Yeah. So, I, that's pretty easy to jimmy open. Okay. Yeah. But still, and that's not how things work, right? That's right. not how locks work. You can't just put a bobby pin in. And I know people show it, but they're like when they're lock picking, right? It's not just a bobby pin. Mm-hmm. You used at least two tools, right? Because <laughs> right. you have two pieces and you're doing it with both right. hands. And and not all locks can work that way. But in this movie, I, again, very poor planning from this man. Right. He doesn't get a right. He, he gets a lock to lock his victim in that can right. literally be turned with a bobby pin that he allows her to have in her hair. Right. Bizarre. Yeah. Okay, so it's time for your rating. Zero out of 100. What are you giving Secret Obsession? 
I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. And it doesn't really have any redeeming qualities as a movie. It's fun to drink to because it's stupid, mm-hmm. but it's not good. It, like, it's not suspenseful. They give away the ending in the first five minutes of the movie in the synopsis, in the trailer. All yep. of that. You could not watch the movie and know how the movie ends. And that's right. a problem. I agree. Secret Obsession also, mm-hmm. because if you're going to name a movie Secret Obsession, then you know that there's someone secretly obsessed, right? Right. So if you want to make this a thriller, you at least have a second person who could be obsessed. Right. Otherwise, you if there's one male character and one female <laughs> character, then you know who's, who the obsessor is, right? right. Like you can't, you can't make suspense out of that. Right. With two characters. For sure. So I don't know. It, it was bad all the right. way through. Yeah. I'm giving it out of 13. Very close to yours. I, and that is me considering how much I enjoy watching it weighted with how horrible of a movie it is. Right. I don't have anything new to say that I'm just giving it a 13. Okay. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it was a good choice. Good right. pairing. One thing that I brought up, and this is this wouldn't necessarily work, the perfect pairing for this movie, if you're okay pairing two bad movies together, or if you think this is a good movie. I kind of think it's a good movie, at least when I was in like 7th or 8th grade. <laughs> the perfect movie to pair with this would be 50 First Dates. Yeah. There are a lot of parallels not as creepy, of course, in Fifty First Dates, but there are a lot of parallels because they're both poorly addressing amnesia. In Fifty First Dates, it's more like a condition, like a chronic condition that's right. never going away. Uh, in this, it's just a really inaccurate portrayal of amnesia. That's not how amnesia works. <laughs> Honestly, I think Fifty First Dates probably did a better job to oh, like for sure. <laughs> portraying what this would be like. But that would be the perfect pairing. That would be a fun movie night to sit down and watch those back to back. I agree. Uh, yeah, so picking or speaking of movie nights, yeah, we have one coming up. Yeah. So typically we have always done it. I go one week, you go the next week and yep. pairing off. Mm-hmm. Right now there is a particularly bad movie that I've been dying to watch. Mm-hmm. I, neither of us have seen it. It's a, it's a fairly new movie. Came out last year, right? W- yeah, w- within the year. Mm-hmm. And so... Because I've been talking about it so much, Sean and I decided to tag team our next movie night in which I pick the bad movie and he helped pick the good movie. Yep. So let's start backwards, much like I did tonight, explaining Mm -hmm. how we got to our good movie. So the movie that I'm talking about is the movie Music, which is the directorial debut of Sia. Mm-hmm. The fantastic singer-songwriter. It stars Kate Hudson and Maddie Ziegler and... Please, Aaron Burr. Who? Aaron Burr. Leslie Odom Jr. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking of Hamilton. Oh, you were saying Aaron Burr. Yeah, exactly. I thought you said Amber. That's also a thing I could have said. You went real Southern on that one. You're like, hey, who plays Amber? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh... Lena Dunham? <laughs> no, Aaron Burr. Yeah, so okay. it had, yeah, Kate Hudson, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., and Maddie Ziegler. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I really actually understand the plot of this movie. The only thing that I know is that Maddie Ziegler, who if you're not familiar with, she's like Sia's muse. So like when Sia kind of got big into her pop career, she basically had this younger girl like who was dressing up as her and dancing in all of her music videos and... Much, shows much younger than her though right not up here and um that is maddie ziegler who um became known from the show dance moms which <laughs> one of my favorite shows uh back in the day i think there's new iterations of it that i will not ro- watch but 
Um, yeah, but all I know is that Maddie Ziegler, like somebody who shouldn't be playing the role of an, of an autistic child, which is what she's doing here. And I think like finding the way to express herself through music. Yeah. So when Ashley told me this, it's kind of in the vein of like radio or that type of movie, right? So you right. have someone who has no disability, at least mm-hmm. to my knowledge, right? Um, who's doing like professional dance and she's already, she's very young mm-hmm. and she's been doing kind of a, at least semi-professional dance for a while now. Mm-hmm. She is playing a child with autism. Mm-hmm. For what reason? I have no idea. Cause she's not an actress and she well, has, she, she has been trying to get into acting. So, well, but I'm saying like, you can't argue that like, this is, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and what's eating Gilbert Grape. Right. right which Where, is like, also like, which is again, like I don't, it's hard for me, but it's, I mean, you and I have talked before about how what's eating Gilbert Grape is the first movie that I ever saw Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio in. Yep. And I thought that he had a disability because right. I think he performed so well in that movie. Yeah. And that's hard. I don't think that movie can be made today in that same context. I don't know. Did the person in Atypical have autism? No. So, I mean, that's a really good portrayal. That's probably the most accurate portrayal of, right. of some sort of autism spectrum right. that I've right. seen. But, like, okay, this is a, that's a good thing to compare Atypical and music, right? So yeah. you have the if Atypical is a show on Netflix. We love it. It's very good. And Atypical... I'm very sure I can't remember the actor's name. He does a very great portrayal of a teenager with autism. But in like a, in a way of like that guy, especially like when we were in school in like the 90s of like the person that we would have thought of as like weird or off, but like we didn't understand why. Right. You know, he plays that very well. And that like what you think is off is because he is dealing with autism and all that type of stuff. Well, I, I looked it up. His name is Keir Gilchrist or Gilchrist. Okay. I don't think that he's been in anything else. He's been in like some stuff, like some ABC family type stuff, which is now Freeform. I keep forgetting. Okay. He was also in the United States of Terra. Oh, yeah. I love that show with uh, T- Tony Collette and yeah. uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, you know what else he was in? Mm-hmm. It Follows. Oh, wow. That's a movie that we love. Who would he have been in It Follows? I have no clue. We haven't watched that movie in so long. Yeah, I bet he was a child at that point. That's 2014. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old he is. Oh, well, no, because he's 28 years old. So mm-hmm. he would have been huh, weird. But I mean, so Atypical probably does the best of uh, any show I've seen at portraying uh, a more realistic version. Right. And of so someone living with autism. you had this movie music, which again, we have not watched it yet. I'm very excited to. But in the trailer, Maddie Ziegler's character like, she's, like, having her teeth out, like, as if she has buck teeth. She's acting like she can't walk. Yeah, like, from what you showed me, it's less like a typical, more like Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Like Simple Jack. Right. Yeah. Maybe we'll watch it and all of our preconceived notions will be shoot away, but I don't think they will. So, I've been really wanting to watch this one. So, and knowing that and me not coming up with a pairing, Sean, you want to tell us what our good movie is? Yeah, so we thought about how to pair these movies, and Ashley really loves musicals. And so we were thinking of all the musicals. We've already watched a lot of musicals recently, but there's one that we talk about all the time just together, that we saw it in theaters together, and I think that's where we're going to go with this. Which is? The Greatest Showman. It makes so much sense. Like, 
one, we need to put it out there that we do not think The Greatest Showman is like the greatest movie of all time <laughs> by any means. No. But it was a lot better than we expected it to be when we saw it. It really was. And the soundtrack really held up and exactly. I mean, became we, like a popular, you know, top charting soundtrack. Exactly. It led to my obsession with Hugh Jackman going on tour as a one-man show, calling himself The Greatest Showman, which... That's true. So good. Um, it has Zac Efron, who is like something that we joke about all the time from his high school musical days. I'm kind of describing this in all the ways that we might set up a bad movie. <laughs> but but I really do enjoy this. I mean, we have Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams can't be in anything considered bad. Uh, and Zendaya. Zendaya, isn't it? Yes. Um, what I would love to have happen, and we'll talk about this more next time, is... One thing that we've noticed on, because we watch America's Got Talent sometimes. Yeah. Simon loves The Greatest Showman. Like, absolutely loves oh, yeah. The Greatest Showman. And he even threw his, like, three-year-old son a Greatest Showman-themed birthday party. Right, that costs, like, millions of dollars. Right, and I, what I would love to have happen is that on the next season of America's Got Talent, someone brings up, or maybe Sia is a special guest, mm -hmm. and Simon is equally obsessed with music. <laughs> That would be the perfect thing to have happen. That'll be my long, long shot in the dark. <laughs> really, really, really long one. If that happens next season or one of the future seasons, we'll have to drink to that. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So. Well, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be a good pairing. I think so, too. I think that this will be our format of I pick, you pick, mm -hmm. uh, we share a pick, or if somebody wants to jump in and recommend a pick, that would be a perfect way to jump in. Yeah, so we're on Instagram at so wait pause. Um, got some some periods in between those words, so so dot wait dot pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll throw up like a, a poll in our Instagram stories, and if you guys are thinking of a good and bad pairing that you can connect that we should do, we're all ears for it. Normally, we go you know same director, an actor that connects across similar theme similar theme mine i love similar themes more mm -hmm. than director and, right. and whatever because we then we compare our drinking rules right and you'll learn that i also go very loosely into how i'm gonna yes yeah, my movies <laughs> some of ashley's pairings will be more like in contact mm -hmm. uh, if you remember those scenes where the scientist is like <laughs> water bottle water water molecules molecule <laughs> and then you like right. you keep going until you get to like aliens yeah, exactly <laughs> um some of ashley's pairings are like that but it makes them interesting yeah sure we'll see uh what comes out of that yeah well i have enjoyed doing this and i can't wait to do more with you sean yeah okay until next time all right